0: I'm not in practice, so I don't see what the guys do. I have to assume they're kicking well in practice because if our kickers looked like in practice the way they look in games, I think Shane Beamer would tackle Blankenship or Ham if they walked on the field.
1: That was Tony describing the dire kicking situation that Georgia finds itself in after four games into the 2016 season. Hopefully things will get a little bit better on Saturday. I mean, they can't get any worse, right? <laughs> Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 55 of the and Since Last Saturday podcast. On today's episode, it's just Tony and me again. Well, not completely. You see, at the 11th hour, right as this podcast was going to be published, our third co-host, Mr. William F. Leach, called in live from Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, for his Illinois Minute. So find out who he and Tony and I pick to win the game later in this episode. The Georgia game, that is. On my count, it's two for Georgia and one for Tennessee. Not that whomever picks the Vols is pulling for them. They just think that, well, you know. Anyway, the soon-to-be-famous three questions makes another appearance as Tony and I talk favorite months and calls of all time and whether or not it's allowed as a dog fan to miss a UGA home game for a trip to the beach this weekend, which I will be going to. And more importantly, another question, is it socially acceptable to schedule your wedding during a college football season? Interesting answers on that one also. Of course, Tony and I break down the game between the Vols and the Dogs, taking place at 3.30 this Saturday on CBS. Welcome back to Athens, Uncle Vern. Okay, so we are desperately short on time to get this podcast done. Someone has to leave town. (laughs) Here's Tony.
0: All right, so... We're back, Scott is here, this is Tony Waller, Scott Duvall, say so hello Scott Hello Scott Will is off in Virens Unknown, actually we know where he is, it's called St. Louis uh, He's not doing his his weekly day job, he has some family obligations uh, in the, gate- what do you the gateway to the west
1: St. Louis is the gateway, I don't know about Matt
0: Mattoon is not, but I think he's in St. Louis is it, pronounced,
1: is, it, is it pronounced like I just said it, like no.
0: Mattoon? No, it's Mattoon No, it's just no, Mattoon, it's Mattoon. Oh, it's Mattoon. I don't think they know. Um, just don't call it Effingham. So um, yeah, we so we talked on Sunday about the ball game. We'll get to that, but I wanted to talk about what ha- What else happened Sunday? And that is the firing of Brian Van Gorder. Uh, no, the firing oh, yeah, plus Miles. Did.
1: I think you tweeted something like, "I hope Brian Van Gorder is renting," and then it's almost like you were a prophetic in him getting um, fired.
0: Uh, it's just funny. I was at Soul Soul Food Barbecue in Birmingham when I saw the. Van how was Van that place? Was Spectacular. Um, Meet in three. It is – no, actually, it's, it's a barbecue joint, um, but they they do uh, unique sides. Or two of us got the uh, pork sampler on um, the plate, the barbecue sampler, which is pulled chicken, pulled pork, and wings uh, with a side. I got um, – we also got a, a veggie plate because we want to try all the sides. So in total, we tried the deviled eggs, which were so-so. Uh, the fried pickles, which were spectacular, the okay. fried green tomatoes, which were spectacular, oh. onion rings, which were Spe- beyond spectacular, oh my gosh. like otherworldly, like
1: better than varsity onion rings.
0: Uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't want to blaspheme in Athens, but yeah, they were better. Interesting, okay. they're very different. I mean, they were they were shoestring fries, and they but they were the batter was unreal. Mm. Um, my wife Kristen had a stuffed baked potato with stuff with like literally chicken uh, with with the Alabama white barbecue sauce, uh. All spectacularly well done, uh, and I would say the sampler plate was like ten dollars.
1: Right, and it probably took them like fifteen minutes to just completely get your order all the way to you.
0: Yeah, and there and was a like line. Quick. There was a line out the door. Um, um, so it was very good. But that's it when I heard about Frank Gorder, but you know the thing I the the, the news that surprised us on the drive home was, of course, less miles, and yeah. not surprisingly, Cam Cameron being fired from LSU. But did you see
1: the little caveat to that? That it, it when I, I saw it on the scroll on ESPN that Ed Orgeron was the one that fired Cam Cameron.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. See, <laughs> that, was, that was his first. That part makes that sense. His first order. Of well, duty. he's angling for that job. Um,
1: hey, there's he, no way he'll get that.
0: You know that that's the interesting thing. It would be just most LSU and Coach or... Ra 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 Ball. Is he Cajun? Yeah, he might as well be. Yeah, um, I think he is. He he. I don't. Know. It doesn't say on his Wikipedia page. If Lester Miles is not the most obvious fit of program fan and coach, Edward Ron probably is. Yeah, um, and it's going to be in a weird situation if they swing and a miss on some of the names, and they're they're reaching well, uh, high.
1: Jimbo's already turned him down once.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're reaching, they're reaching high. Fisher, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. Oh, Urban Meyer? Tom, uh, you know, oh, hey, on, hey, you got to dream big, dream big. You know, you don't take a stripper to the dance unless you ask a stripper to the dance. Um, <laughs> That's right. Get or sure. some strippers to the dance. There's an analogy there <laughs> either way. You know, the interesting thing about it, though, is not just that firing. It's This is the first time in a long time we've had a major, major, like, top five to seven program move this early like mid season or early. In the season. Well, I mean, Southern Cal moved moved relatively early in the season when they fired Lane Kiffin on the on the it's airplane. Play next. Um, oh, you mean being fired? Yeah. Well, we don't think it's Bob Stoops. Now that we looked at the buyout, there's like 17 million dollars that Kentucky's tied themselves to. You mean? Um, you
1: mean uh, Mike?
0: Whichever one of the yeah. stoopses. So you know, I think Gus Malzahn's bought himself a little time with that well, win.
1: Do you believe that Gus would be the one we're talking about had Auburn lost that game?
0: I don't know, man. That's 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 a little harder to say. Although Auburn fans are, and I'm going. That's one of the reasons we're talking about this. Auburn fans administration are so fickle. Um, say, but it again. say it again. Fickle, yeah. They're so fickle. And the um, the the thing that Miles hiring does is moves everyone's timeline up. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, because somewhere along the way, there's one of these names going to get tied to LSU job, and he's either going to have he's going to deny it, but in the background. That program is going to start scrambling, and what I think we're going to see is a real sea change in why in SEC West, but at other programs, I-, I would be surprised if Auburn continues to win enough to keep Gus Miles on his job. Although the LSU game was a, you know, that was a big one for him.
1: Um, shows you the importance of having a good field goal kicker.
0: <laughs> yeah, pour some out for field goal kickers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think there's going to be a huge snowball effect that's going to happen around and this could even co- affect conference realignment because the Big 12 has sniffed around uh, Houston a couple of times and you know, part of the math on keeping may maybe keeping Herman at Houston is if they can go to the Big 12 and get the Big 12 money. Um, and it's not just his salary, it's kind of the sandbox you play in and that sort of thing and who, who you can recruit and how. So it, yeah, the the thing I wanted to point out about the less miles hiring is, and, and this is a, the, the other thing I guess I want to point out about the less miles firing, I should say is that this also illustrates the problem with giving somebody a little extra rope. And I, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not trying to get a conversation started about whether or not Mark Rick should have been fired or not. That decision is long done. But if you were only going to give him four games into the season, uh, why not do it last year? I mean, it really is because there's nothing different in my mind about. So you're this.
1: saying Georgia made the right call, even though it was a hard call to me.
0: I'm saying LSU made the wrong call last year if this is what they were going to do. Right, and you're um, saying
1: Georgia made the right call.
0: I, sure, we,
1: that's what no, you, you're, why, no, you're not can, saying. that We, at can, all. Go that. we okay. can go with that. We can go with
0: that. But the the point, I guess, my my bigger point is that it just makes. LSU look really foolish to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, because you can't, at this point, you can't walk back that you should have fired him last year if you're just going to give him four games. Because there's nothing different about 2015 LSU and 2016 LSU. It's just when the losses came. You know, they lost three in a row in November to pretty good football teams, right? Mm-hmm. So we still don't know how good Van, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Wisconsin, and Auburn are. Auburn could be good. I don't think they are. Wisconsin looks like they are very good. So I don't know this weekend. Yeah, we'll know this weekend a lot more, but I mean, they beat they beat Michigan State last week, and right. we thought Michigan State was pretty good. So, <clears throat> you know, that's the point in saying that is I don't think there is any more clarity about less miles and and here in se- end of September than there was in November last year. But you've just basically created a whole bunch of issues for yourself because you're basically trying to conduct a search in the middle of your season. And then we talked about Ed Orgeron. What happens? If he rolls off and wins the SEC championship. How are you going to How are you going to tell him no? Yeah. No, I'm serious. I know. Because I agree. That is still on the table. They can still beat every C, or every other. If they they run the table, they're going to the SEC championship unless Auburn runs the table, right? Well,
1: and maybe Brandon Harris will get that shot in the arm, and he'll become that quarterback that LSU thought he was going to be when they recruited him. Woo,
0: woo. He orders fires Cam Cameron. Who knew that was the gateway drug no. to keep getting that job? Um, <laughs> who's, so, he gonna,
1: who's he? Who's he going to? Uh, Pop in there to call plays because you know he's not going to call. I
0: think they have like named the tight end coach, the interim offensive coordinator. They promoted some graduate assistants. I think they found kind of like like
1: what we did for the bowl game last year, just kind of yeah, except for the whole season, except for the whole season. Right.
0: Uh, I'm not not 100% certain. I think they found a guy that had literally been retired for a while. They've called Joe Kynes and not not Joe (laughs) Kynes. Well, that's a good guess, and that's always always a good answer. So I, the reason I want to talk about that is that is I think we're going to see some really interesting times for college football, and um, I just hope Bo Pelini winds up at LSU.
1: Bo Pelini. Bring,
0: bring Bo home, y'all.
1: I did hear somebody on the radio today quoting some LSU source saying they would not be pursuing Bobby Petrino because of his past transgressions, and I thought that was kind of the pot calling the kettle black well, you LSU. know,
0: well, they're trying to clean up since, you know, the fifties. So, but you know, that, that's good. Watch them turn around and hire Art Briles.
1: Yeah. God yeah. Well, almighty. so if they say that about Petrino, then Art Briles is off the table. You'd have to think
0: Art Briles is a non-starter, but you know, it's.
1: And so is Jim Trestle.
0: <laughs> his show calls us over after this oh, wait, is, it, is it really? Yes. Um, so oof, they hire Art Briles after saying that about Bobby Petrino. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By no means I'm condoning. Uh
1: riding motorcycles right. with,
0: what yeah. all, all the stuff that goes around it surrounds Bobby Petrino that's not it's just not it's just not as ugly and dirty as Art bras to me. right I so.
1: agree I agree so well that's a you got anything else on the LSU take any hot takes
0: um, other than LSU no bring Bo home y'all
1: bring Bo home so this not, week
0: not no no yeah no Bo, Bo Pelini. I want to make sure it's Bo Pelini
1: oh you're thinking like what Schembechler or something
0: oh yeah Bo Schembechler <laughs>
1: Well, maybe, yeah, he's a Michigan
0: only. man, right. he is he's a strong stock,
1: okay, final question, where will in your prediction, where will Les miles end up next year, will he be in a booth somewhere, or is he gonna be coaching somewhere Penn state yeah he's he's midwest, so yeah, yeah, he has the shirt, he has the yeah Penn state, you're saying Jimmy Franklin's gonna be gone
0: well, <laughs> Jimmy Franklin's gonna be gone,
1: I, they've looked uh, terrible by the way,
0: I, yeah, I don't know that um. Penn State makes so much sense. And then and then, and then
1: Vanderbilt fires Derek Mason, lets him go back to the Ravens, <laughs> and then Jimmy Franklin goes back to Vanderbilt and starts see, dominating Everything again. comes back in a circle. That's right.
0: Uh you know, I could see I could see Miles ending up somewhere um really, really interesting and good. There's gonna be a program somewhere that's gonna be like, eh, you know what? We'll take nine games. That's right. Right, we'll take nine games. Um so whether that be a program like Penn State, you know, I guess I could see somewhere like I don't know if Fedora ends up going somewhere, him going to North Carolina. Um, there's, you know, just so that's the other part about the firing is that there are going to be a ton of jobs open ordinarily we wouldn't think to be open because there's going to be a reshuffling. I think there's going to be a, a major reshuffling by the end of the season or by bowl season.
1: More than usual. Way more than usual. Sounds like. Especially yeah. since it's starting so early. Yeah. 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 Right.
0: And South Carolina is not trying to hire somebody. So I don't know. I'm sorry. That was my dark moment.
1: That's okay. So speaking of dark moments, I guess we'll segue from the dark moment that the dogs had. Last week in Oxford, Tony and Will didn't have a dark moment, moment. They had a great time in the Grove and tailgating with all their buddies out and there. Post-gating. And, and postgating. And postgating. A, that's a new term that you put in Wikipedia this week, right? <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. So Georgia enters this week with Tennessee staring down their face. Is that right to say? Staring down Well, their- suffice it
0: to say... Um- Butch Jones is calculating timeouts right now to figure out how to call one of the games. Yeah,
1: to rub it in a little bit more, kind of yeah, like sure, Urban Meyer sure. and Tim Tebow did, in yeah, down yeah. in Jacksonville. So uh, Tennessee enters. I think they're still holding at a four and a half point favorite. I is think that right? I think that's a dangerous Vegas line, uh, wanting you to bet on Tennessee. Or I don't know if they're. That's one of those things where if you're a betting man, and I'm not, they're saying Mm-mm. take Tennessee because we're seeing things differently. What are your takes based on all the injury news? Oh, did you hear the smack talk of the Tennessee coaches with uh, talking about Coblano playing yeah, dirty? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. we've
1: got the receivers that can't hold on to the ball. But if you watched the Tennessee Florida game, the reason why Tennessee was down twenty one to three in the first half was because Tennessee's receivers dropped like five or six passes from Josh Dobbs. So it's kind of like are we gonna see the Tennessee that showed up against Georgia in the second half of last year and the second half against Florida? Or are we going to see the Tennessee team that played the entire game versus App State or the first quarter versus vatech or really the whole game versus Ohio? What's going to happen?
0: I, I think it's important that – I think it's more important we see the Georgia offense in the second half of North Carolina right. and defense the second half of Missouri um, because neither of those teams – You
1: mash those two up. I think um, we're looking for a for a good victory on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's
0: right. I we you know, we didn't see any of that in Nickel State. Maybe the first drive. No, no, not uh, even that. We didn't see much of that last week, and it's not that. I just didn't think we had a lot of fire last week. I I, I continue to stay with the notion that this team is searching for an identity. Uh, well, and, and it you coaches. pointed it out
1: with the lack of uh, senior leadership.
0: Well, yeah, there's that, and it's, it's interesting. I was um I was looking through at some um at some stats about. Who has played, and um, you know, looking at you know, we have at this point, Easton's taken seventy-five plus percent of the 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 uh, snaps at wide receiver. Chigbu, Godwin, Stanley, and Ridley have taken an awful lot of snaps, and we've had two tight end freshmen take a lot of snaps. at Tight end, offensive line. I talked about Catalina being the only senior on the starter on the two deep. And defensively, it's, I mean, the front line is like five freshmen and uh, three sophomores. The linebackers are a bunch of sophomores. And then the back, the defensive backs are actually um, the only, the only underclassman defensive back is Briscoe, Bris, Briscoe Um And it looks like he's probably going to be benched. Isn't he? Well, I, I think he's, I think he'll play, but I, I they, it looks like they've moved Baker ahead of him. Certainly in practice, they have, Um the other thing about it, and this is something I read—I don't know whether I read it on um, from Dog Sports or somewhere else. Um, there was or maybe UGA Sports um, and this is something I was trying to get my head around, and I, I couldn't figure it out until I read this. But um, there, there are two things: one about offense, one about defense. That I think we have a lot of room; we can still come together on. The first is is that. Cheney and Pittman want a different kind of blocking scheme than what we have run traditionally in Georgia. We've always run zone blocking. They went straight ahead, man on man blocking. That's all well and good, but one, we don't have straight-on on man blockers on our depth chart, or it doesn't look like we do right now. Uh, two, and all these guys are having to kind of basically relearn everything they've heard. had now from their third offensive coordinator and third right. line coach uh, in three years. Uh, defensively, and this is something I was thinking about, but I, I, I really didn't until I went back and looked at some of the Mississippi game. And I read some quotes. Defensively or defensive backs, uh, Saban's defenses, and yeah, it looks like Kirby's defense is doing this too, they have run a, a little different s- scheme. Their idea is they want their defensive backs to basically be receivers. They want them to know route trees. They want them to know tendencies. They want them to be able to follow the movement of the receiver and essentially play the receiver to the spot the ball's can be thrown. That if you think about some of the so many times where we've seen open receivers, especially on deep routes, especially double move routes, it's easy to see that we're still learning that. There's a great chapter in Chris Brown's book, Smart Football, that talks about Saban's defensive philosophy. And it says exactly that. It's like, you know, basically they practice tendencies for each each receiver, individual receiver and each team, they want RD backs, the defensive backs for Georgia, to basically learn routes and route trees.
1: You think that's what Kirby's trying to teach them yes. or is Mel Tucker? I mean, obviously, that, that's a good thing. That's well, where Kirby's, the continuity Kirby, comes Kirby's
0: in. still the defensive backs coach, too. Oh, so, okay.
1: so he's that's his title along with head coach? Well, I
0: don't know about that, but I'm pretty sure he's coaching defensive backs. If I'm wrong, that's fine. You can tweet at me. I don't care. But he's still he spends a lot of time with those, those guys.
1: But it's helpful that Mel Tucker and Kirby... Being under Nick Saban, if you're saying that you read that and that's the kind of the way Nick Saban coaches defense, well, maybe. And I guess I'm looking at the glass half full, but they're trying to implement kind of like what you said, right? And it's just taking <clears throat> time, which, hey, to me, it sounds really confusing to be able to to learn uh, route trees. Especially with double moves, I mean, you're not just running outs and stops and and slants. You're learning double moves and post routes and
0: right. Well, what made me think of that is that um, I read a quote earlier in the week about eye discipline. I don't remember who said it. It might have been uh, it might have been Baker. It could have been Briscoe. Uh, but one of the cornerbacks talked about eye discipline.
1: Like. I like like, like your vision,
0: yeah like paying attention uh, i don't know if they're paying attention to the receiver's eyes or if they were paying attention to whatever it is the coach is trying to get them to pay attention to with their eyes but that got me thinking it's like okay they're talking about route reading at that point whether that's reading receiver's eyes to look where he's going to see open spots because you know receivers are taught to go to open spots right they're their spot they're actually taught to think like the quarterback go to where the balls going to be and the ball can only go to a place where there's an open spot whether you're, you're talking about crossing route and in a quick slant a, a curl or a deep route you know the receivers are looking they're also doing things for their body to put them in a position to do that which is why you know you and i we're, we're coaching flag football the first thing we tell the guys don't don't play their head play their play their hips they can only go where their hips take them so and it could be also they they the eye discipline could be paying attention to the quarterback i'm not sure how they're doing that i do know that 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 Saban's defenses are very much predicated defensive backs are very much predicated on playing physical at the line which we're not doing yet and basically taking away some of the routes that receivers can run enforcing them and run routes where we have either have uh kind of robber coverage over the middle or deep coverage from the free safety and that's frankly where we got in trouble with with Ole Miss we we never got the receivers to run our, the routes we wanted them to run they were basically running to free spots Maje is really good but he can't he can only cover one spot of the field. He can't cover three. Um, and, and a quarterback like Chad Kelly, who probably is the best quarterback we'll face this season, will eat you alive. Now, getting to Tennessee and Josh Dobbs. He's had some really, really, really good halves. And he is a flow-of-the-game quarterback. I think if we're to beat Tennessee, we have to get him off his game flow. We have to. Whatever it is, we have to do. Uh, we have to make it so that Tennessee struggles and can't let them get fired up. They They did it in that the game in bristol they did it against florida and once they got going there was just no stopping them they never did that against app state and that was why they were in a dogfight the whole way right. um so you know i don't know how you do that I, I well, think... it's
1: it's another run pass option team and yeah. that's what's yeah. given us struggles with uh yeah i don't know if nichols ran it but you know that uh, missouri and Ole miss even north carolina had that tendency yeah, with Trubisky, yeah. but they never really got into it.
0: Yeah. Um, So, you yeah, know, offensively, I think the key for us is to, whether we like it or not, we're going to continue to pound the ball. Um, I think we...
1: Are we going to run in that A-gap right behind the guards? Or I think it depends on whether or
0: not Chubb out? plays. If Chubb doesn't play, I, I see us doing less of that. Um, yeah, spread
1: it out to Sony and Holy Yeah, Field Sony and Holyfield, and, and Herian.
0: And Ar- um, Let Douglas take it up. The yeah, middle. yeah, Douglas may well take it up the middle some, just to show that we're we're not unwilling to do that. Here's the problem though: you put Douglas in, they you're basically you're basically saying if we run the balls up the middle, he's not a bump it out. Although we do have that kind of like hitch, whatever the play was, he had the uh, where he just ran over the player against Auburn two years ago, maybe. Where I don't remember why. Maybe it was Auburn two years ago. Just like slap ran over somebody, and then nut, and then we went nuts in Sanford. But that was a that was an off tackle play. It wasn't up the middle, so. I don't have any answers offensively. We we catch passes. We, I don't think we win that game last week, but it's not it's not the just crap show blowout. It
1: yeah. One. You're sitting there calculating. Okay, do we go for two here to catch up or not? Mm-hmm. I think that's where we are. Instead of getting just mm-hmm. down forty five nothing. Right,
0: right. So you know that's that's it'll be interesting to see how that happens. And then I'm just going to advocate one more time. Why are we even kicking field goals?
1: Yeah.
0: And and, I mean, it's not good. It's It's not not good. No, I'm not in practice. So I don't see what the guys do. I have to assume they're kicking well in practice because if our kickers looked like in practice the way they look in games, I think Shane Beamer would tackle Blankenship or Ham if they walked on the field.
1: Well, it's kind of like when I'm practicing just about every day with my boys outside for flag football. Uh We're in the front yard and we're running plays in the dirt. We're trying to emulate or mimic what we're doing. In our games and what we're calling in our games, we actually have like four plays, and they know it by heart. What plays they're running, and every time we run it in our front yard, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. They know exactly what they're doing. But then the two games we've had, I can see it in my boys' eyes. They know what the play call is. Uh-huh. They start getting nervous. In fact, my eight-year-old starts like you can hear him almost panting in an eight-year-old kind of way. I know that's weird, but he gets. It's almost like he's excited. He yeah, you know, he knows what's he's happening. Hyped up. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't transpire how he wants it to and you've seen it in practice. And that's like, and I'm not trying to be, you know, flippant here. I think that's really could be how it is with the, the kickers, where they could kick very well in practice. But once the game is going, it's, it's a little tighter. You, you get tight and you might pull it. Another great example is the driving range of a golf course. How many times have you been a great driving range player and then you get out on the course All all the time, yeah. And then you slice it or hook it left. I did that on Monday. I was in a, I was in a tournament on Monday, and I was feeling real confident. I hit eight shots on the driving range. Seven out of eight were really good. I get out there on the first tee, and I topped it left into the woods. Now I'm not a great golfer. I'm about a 24 handicap, but still, I was disappointed in myself because I thought, wow. I really did well in the range, and I didn't do anything that I had practiced on the range, and even my follow-through wasn't the same. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Blankenship or Ham, but they're 18-year-old 18, 18 kids. Yeah,
0: they they still are. And yeah. the
1: lights are big. The lights are bright in the SEC, and when you're lined up there, I wouldn't be able to hit that field goal, so I'm not knocking them. But you know I think to take a step back, and I know that a lot of times as Georgia fans and football fans, we think our... Players, whether the receivers or kickers, should be executing perfectly to perfection, or defensive backs to perfection. And I'm not making excuses, but it's I mean, just but reality. at this point, wouldn't we just it's take reality?
0: Wouldn't we just take average?
1: I would take average, <laughs> but I'm with you after that long die I think that unless it's just like fourth and silly, that we just we just try to convert something on on fourth down with a pass play, or maybe I haven't seen a trick play except the fake punt yet. Yeah. Like, I, like an offensive trick play.
0: Well, I don't know. I think putting Aiken and Rochester in the block
1: is trick. I only noticed that after the fact, after somebody wrote about it. Yeah, well, I, did, I wasn't I, like, oh, there's Rochester.
0: I did notice when they 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 ran the play. I was like, oh, we're super jumbo here. We got we got ten guys on line or yeah. whatever it was. And was nine awesome. guys on line. Um, I actually went it's back like we were w- Arkansas or something. But we went back and watched that play. They had the two best blocks, and they also had the best technique.
1: Maybe uh, there is a thought of letting Atkins <laughs> and uh, Rochester played both ways, like Champ Bailey. I don't oh my gosh!
0: Hold up. Oh my gosh, that would be spectacular! It would be spectacular. So, all right, so getting back to whatever it was before we started ranting, um, ways we can vanquish Tennessee and limit the number of times we're going to hear Rocky Top Saturday. Uh, take their band, take their instruments away. You know, I, I my gut feeling about this game is the same gut feeling I had about Mississippi. Don't going make your in. prediction yet. I am not. I am okay. not. Um, you know, I think. I think in order for us to win, we're going to have to play a, a really good game. We and are at home. We are at home. What's that mean again? Because we didn't play great last time we were home. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think we're going to have to play really sound fundamental football. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, you know, you see a lot of chatter and it's easy, but Georgia's just not blah, blah, blah. And I think we do have some deficits, particularly for the schemes we're trying to run. But, I also know that Godwin and Chigbu and, and McKenzie can catch a football. And I'm not saying that some of this doesn't become kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, but there does come a point where you start getting down on yourself. Yeah. The other thing that I, – and I don't I, – I hope I see it, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen this team have fun. The, that goes back to the bigger point I was making Sunday is that – I'm not sure where this team's emotion or mental state is. I mean, it's not that They're. I don't think they're down. I don't think they've given up. Um, I, I, it felt like they were kind of fighting. They were just, they were outclassed on Saturday, but you know, it's, it'll, it'll, I, I It looked like Kirby uh, on his press conference uh, Sunday and his press conference today was kind of in an upbeat mood. So maybe he's he's kind of taking a little different approach this week. And the coach is taking a different approach. I don't know. I'm not at practice. It didn't look like he's gotten testy with reporters this week and gotten snarky with them. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know what any of that means other than to say that um, it should be the goal of every Georgia fan to show up and hope that Rocky Top doesn't play very much. Because, you know, both for aesthetic reasons and for um, because God in America demands it.
1: I agree. So what we will do is we will hear Tony's and my prediction, if you want to hear that, towards the end of the podcast. We have waited on Will to call in. Did you send him a text? I did send him a text about an hour ago, even before you got here, and he has not responded. So I guess he is doing the St. Louis Cardinals game. I don't know, but uh, I will patch that in if he ends up calling in, and it'll be right now. Here's Will. All right, so this is Leach.
0: I'm here at Busch Stadium, not recording the podcast with Tony and Scott like I should be. Watching the Cardinals choke away what should be a very exciting season. As long as someone takes out the Cubs, I can handle it either way. Anyway, this is actually not the most miserable thing I saw this weekend. I was at that Mississippi game watching them lose. Ugly. So this is my minute. Illinois is going to lose to Nebraska. It's going to be ugly. And Georgia, you guys know how I feel about this. I am the skeptic. I am the one that is down. I am the one that is wary. They're going to beat Tennessee this weekend. I don't care what Tony and Scott says. Because they're wrong.
1: Good
0: dogs. Hey, that was hilarious, Will. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Will. So now that we have finished kind of our preview of the Georgia-Tennessee game, what we're going to do now uh, as we move into the second half of our podcast, I've got the three questions for Tony. He does not know what the questions are, um, and I'm going to expect some answers from, answers from him. Actually, I only have two questions. Okay. because. I am leaving for Florida tomorrow morning, eight AM. I'm gonna miss the game. And that kind of is a lead in to my first question.
0: Hey, do your in-laws want to watch my kids too? Because um yeah. we're looking for somebody to watch the kids. Yeah, do you Saturday. want to come to Florida with me? not uh, um no.
1: you <laughs> no, wanna you want babysitter for the game? I want a babysitter for the I game. Right? For the game. <laughs> right. Right. So um so yeah. Um this was a trip that was planned probably six months ago, and I didn't even look at the calendar. I was thinking, like, surely we'll plan it on a uh, an off week or an away game. <coughs> but it was uh, the Tennessee game. So, Tony, question number one. far away. Like I said, I'm missing the Georgia game this Saturday. It's the first home game I've, I've missed since 2013. I don't have some long street, but still, that's about two and a half years. But I'll couch the statement to say that I've been to all those games in a row from 2013 to now, I have left at halftime at, at certain points because, you know, kids, wife, yeah. not wanting to be there anymore, wanting to go back to the tailgate. <laughs> but um, this will be the first one I've completely missed in quite some time. And it's because I'm going to the beach. We're going to Santa Rosa Beach, which is which is a great place to go if you aren't in Athens. And uh, I suppose that's an acceptable excuse, right? Sure. So a few weeks ago... I mean,
0: I'm just saying that to be polite. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no,
1: no. And that's kind of... I'm getting to the point of this question. So a few weeks ago, I was a difficult person to be around because I did put up a fight when I realized that this was October 1st. It was the Georgia-Tennessee home game. And I was telling my wife, like, maybe I'll come down Saturday, but not really because you're coming back Sunday. And, you know, really kind of uh, ruffled some feathers, if you could explain it that way. But um, I was thinking t- ESPN Game day would be here. I was thinking, you know these grandiose ideas of Georgia being undefeated, playing an undefeated Tennessee, you know like a number five versus number nine ranked uh, matchup. But then Nickel State happened, and I knew deep down that that wouldn't be the case, so I kind of acquiesced. And I said, yeah, I'll go to the beach. So,
0: because sometimes being a bigger man is better for your marriage.
1: Exactly. And we're going with a bunch of friends without children. So, it should be a lot of fun. We've done it in the past. So, my question to you all of that leading up to this question Tony, have you ever had a conflict that caused you to miss a Georgia game? And a follow up is how did you handle it? Tell me a home game. A home game. Because I know how. Trying to think of the last time
0: I missed a home game. Well, the last time I missed home game, I lived in Illinois.
1: So you would drive from Illinois to Athens, even when you were living in Illinois. Yeah, I came. I came down, that's dedication.
0: I came down for probably. I usually came down for at least three home games. Um, if I didn't come down, if how I, long of a drive was that? Ten hours. Amazing. Um, so if I like, if if I if I hit a couple of away games, I might come just to two. So I'm trying to think. The last time, probably the last time I missed a home game, it would have been in the early 2000s. I would have missed a 2000 old Miss game, I want to say, which is the game it sleeted at. But uh, a good buddy of mine you know, basically goaded me into going. I'm glad he did. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember what it was for. I'm sure it was a family obligation, you know, some some nonsense like, uh, you know, my niece's bar mitzvah or whatever. Um, I, I don't I'd, I know nieces don't have bar mitzvahs, but that <laughs> should also tell you that I don't really know what bar mi- happens at bar mitzvahs. So the, It should also
1: tell you, you don't remember the last time you missed the Georgia. It's home been, game. it's been a while. But it good. has been
0: a while. Um, you know, I'm going to miss Georgia, Florida this year, which is uh, okay. So take painful.
1: it that take it that route.
0: The last time I missed Georgia, Florida is when we lived in Illinois, and, and that's hard because uh, I, I love Georgia, I love Georgia, Florida. Uh, I'm from Southeast Georgia. It's only an hour from my parents' house, so that's that's the hard part. But I miss it this year. I'm going to be in Washington D.C. Um, if you're listening, to Washington D.C. I'm going to be at one of the three watch spots, so alumni white spots. So uh, the wife and I will both will be there, and we'll be we'll be loud, proud, and I'll be the I'll be the big guy in red and black.
1: So, follow up question to this: Is it ever okay to schedule a wedding between the months of September and November?
0: I am uh, it. Yes, with some caveats. Okay. Uh, the first caveat is if it's to me a Georgia away game that we play every year. Um, it's I'm, I'm like okay. Vanderbilt. I'm okay with Vanderbilt. I'm okay with Auburn. I'm certainly okay with South Carolina. The and the caveat to that is that. You have some flexibility regarding watching the game, or it's an awesome ass destination wedding. <laughs> right. Um, at which point you're like, you know, I've never been to Curse Um So I'm okay with that. Um, I am not okay with, and I have friends that have done this, that like, you know, Athens is quiet, George Florida weekend. I'm getting married that weekend. Ooh. There's two very strong structural problems with that. The first is, is that it's George Florida weekend. The second is, your anniversary is always on George Florida weekend, yeah, which is awesome. If you're married to my wife, because she is, I mean, she is as diehard dog fan as you can get. It is not awesome. If you're not married to my wife, because (laughs) there's going to come a point in the future where are you really going to watch football all day on our honeymoon is a real thing. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not the, I think it's, I think it's selfish to have your wedding. If you don't actually consider those things. Um,
1: If you're from the South, I guess.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You got to know that. You got to know that.
1: Yeah. Okay, good answers. Question number two.
0: What would? What do you think?
1: What do I think? I think it's completely rude. Okay. But and, I, and, can, and, know, and I can can live with that. And my wife is in the wedding industry. Yeah. She is a makeup artist. She's a professional makeup artist. She's gone like every weekend doing weddings. That's why I'm like coaching flag football with my daughter running around somewhere and, you know, having to tote three kids around to go watch the Georgia game.
0: This is her job.
1: The, it's her job, and even she is like coming to me, going like, "Can you believe this? These people have asked me to do a wedding, and she upcharges for a home game. Yes, I because would. because it's just inconvenient, and she yes. doesn't want to be there. Yes, and I yes. see more power to her. That's a you know? that's a
0: that's that's called that's called the American capital economy.
1: That's right, that's right. And she mainly just doesn't do home game weddings. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's my stance on. It. I think it's uh, completely rude. It's also debatable whether you should have children's birthdays during September and November. You should try to do your family planning around football. I have
0: two kids born in March, one kid born in July, in June. Right. Uh, even the surprise was planned, at least in that way.
1: <laughs> That's right. My daughter almost got in the way of it. She's her birthday's in late August.
0: Yeah. It's, Thank the Lord for pitocin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that leads us into question two. Fifteen years ago was the famous hobnail boot game. Yep. David Green to Varon Haynes. And last week I misquoted it. I said P-33 Haynes. I looked it up because that didn't sound right. It's P-44 Haynes. That was the name of the play call. Right. And Munson had one of his best calls ever. In fact, Georgia will be honoring either the team or actually David Green and Varon Haynes before, during, or after the game I heard on Saturday to mark the 15th anniversary. This leads me to my sub-questions. For this question, and what I want you to do is, I want you to answer in quick, short bursts. On it, okay? Is this a good idea to honor David Green to Veron Haynes before, during, or whenever in this game against Tennessee? Yes. Okay. See, I was thinking kind of like, hey, you're poking the bear over there. I know it's and it happened in Tennessee, and we're,
0: we're not bringing out a shot total um, doll and breaking his legs. So. Okay.
1: All right, I can accept that.
0: I mean, we can do that. I'm cool with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You would be cool with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Turf Munster tore Nick Chubb's leg off. So that's right. And Keith Marshall's leg off. And let's we get, the list goes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, what is a hobnail boot?
0: You know, that's a good question.
1: <laughs> Was it made up?
0: I don't. No, I don't think so. I think it. I think there's some.
1: Um, I mean, you're an ag major. Ag.
0: I think there are some. I think there's some German marching boots. They're called hobnail boots. But you know, that's I don't know. Those are jack boots. I don't know. I don't know. We got we have the Internet.
1: We do have the Internet. Why don't you, why don't you Google that real We're gonna quick? We're going to test then, that. We're going to test that. And then with the magic of editing, we can have that immediately. Tony is searching.
0: A hobnail is a short nail with a thick head used to increase durability of boot soles. Hobnail boots, known in Scotland as tackety boots, are boots with hobnails, nails inserted into the soles of the boots. Huh.
1: What, to kick somebody with?
0: Well, I mean, you know how the Scottish are. <laughs>
1: Like huh. Sean Connery type stuff? I mean,
0: that's actually on. I mean, look at the picture. Yeah, a coast picture of that. This is actually, this is the thing. All this time.
1: It's hob, like, it's nail like cleats boot. for boots.
0: It's like cleats for boots. Not hiking cleats, but yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So, is that for the Scottish games or whatever they call them where they throw the logs and stuff? They,
0: yeah, they throw entire logs. Yep, look at that. Hobnail no boot. Oh, it, so,
1: okay, so there is a hobnail boot.
0: Sure. It looks like something you'd step on someone's face with.
1: And that's what Larry Munson was. That's where he was going. That's where he was going. All right, That so, was
0: not a short, quick answer. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, that that was a good answer, though. So that play happened in 2001. Is this Munson's last epic call?
0: I don't remember. I'm sorry. I just don't remember. And
1: anything, anything post Hobnell boot call that you remember that we celebrate?
0: Scott Johnson was one and done. So that would have been. That was Scott Johnson's first year, right?
1: Scott Johnson. Who's Scott Johnson? Scott Howard, you mean? Scott Howard, I'm sorry.
0: I'm
1: not editing that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, Scott Howard. I'm sorry, I was in thought. I'm like, Scott Johnson's guy I went to high school with who doesn't unsurprisingly look a lot like Scott Howard. Um, Sorry, Scott. Um,
1: Oh, he listens. You know he listens. Yeah, well,
0: in case he does. Yeah, I think it probably is his last truly iconic call.
1: Right, I agree agree with that. I think the the call he had in uh, 03, the next time we would what I referenced a couple weeks ago, was uh, Sean Jones running Yeah. Uh, the return end the, zone to end zone. Yeah. That was pretty good. But it's not celebrated. That's the last celebrated Munson call that we yeah. had.
0: Although, uh, yeah, we and we talked about this earlier, about what he would be saying about Isaiah McKenzie. Oh, my God, look at this little kid. This little guy can't be more than five feet tall running. Right. I'm sorry, that's the worst Munson impression, but that's fine. I'm not from Wisconsin, so or M- Minnesota.
1: So, talking about Munson, what is your favorite all-time Munson call?
0: I probably Applebee to Washington. The uh, end around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's so many of them. It's hard for me to say I have a favorite. I mean, I love the, my God, a freshman. And I love, you know, the, which is kind of everybody's favorite. Oh, you know, Herschel Walker and, right. and look at the sugar falling from the sky. Um, it's
1: just the buck to Lindsay has been so overplayed. It's yeah, kind of, You're kind of immune to it, even though it's probably his best one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I also like the one that the, actually the, the little insight into what our podcast almost called Still Metal Chair. Uh, metal, metal steel, metal chair. steel yeah, chair. Yeah, right. That's I like that one too. I don't. Yeah. I, I
1: don't have. I guess I don't have a we favorite. We almost named this podcast "Metal Steel Chair" in reference to when uh, Larry Munson was talking at the it, kind of almost the epilogue of his uh, great Baloo to Scott.
0: Yeah, the moment Rund, where he Rund said Lindsay. I came
1: through a chair, a metal steel chair. That was almost the name of this podcast. <laughs>
0: But we couldn't convince Will because he had – I think mean, now he would get it.
1: He would. Yeah. He would be yeah, – he, he he was kind of like, what are you guys talking about? Didn't Although he said nice and, things about
0: Tim Tebow in his podcast. So yeah.
1: well, he his train a, is not complete. He, he didn't quite understand the apostrophe after waiting. Uh, yeah, but we
0: convinced him. Yeah, I know. And uh, he, and he, he, trust me, he's, he's a wordsmith of the way he, you and I are. He's quite a linguist
1: aren't. too. Yes. Um, you know, I would say what, my f- – What would you call him? A linguist. <laughs> Is that is that right?
0: Quite quite a linguist. You said it quickly though. And yes. It's just, it's like, it's, it's, uh,
1: <laughs> a linguist. I called Will a linguist. You know, my favorite Munson call is the Butler sixty yard field goal, where he yeah. says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah. That yeah. one. That one's really good. So, who is your favorite play by play guy now? You're watching TV, <laughs> clearly not Scott or? Johnson.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Scott. This can be controversial, but I I really like Uncle Vern. I like Vern Lundquist. Like even. At his worst, he's still really he's still really good. I mean Eli Gold's good and Scott Howard's excellent. Um but yeah, you know, if I had to if I had to just pick, I'd say Scott How uh, not Scott Howard. Vern Lundquist.
1: Vern Lundquist. See, I like West Durham. Yeah. And I've always yeah. I even liked him yeah. you know, I would want to hear him on the tech call. I don't know why, I guess, you know, yeah. seeing what the other stuff but I'm so glad he does the Falcons. Yeah. And um he had one of the best calls in the preseason this year. I don't know why I was listening to a preseason game. But uh, he actually predicted
0: because you're going to Tennessee. I'm going to the beach for
1: Tennessee week. But he predicted a uh, a kickoff return. Yeah, I I played that for you and Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a great call on that. I won't. I won't belabor that because y'all are going to be bored with it. Uh, But West West Durham is my uh, favorite play by play guy. Play by play guy. Uh, I think on TV though, I'd probably have to say who's the guy with. Fox now that everybody kinda of, Gus Johnson.
0: You know, I didn't think about T- Joe Tessatori and Gus Johnson, you, but both of those guys. Joe T- good. They're they're good, but the thing that, that I that makes them really good is when you get to the other game, they always have these crazy games.
1: Yeah, so, and they get excited. Yeah,
0: they get excited. So yeah,
1: yeah I could see that. All right. Um final question of this subcategory. Who was the Tennessee run it's almost trivia. It is trivia. It's actual trivia. Who was the Tennessee running back that scored the touchdown before that amazing series for Georgia happened.
0: Oh, oh hold on, number? hold on, hold on. It was a guy from Tucker that said he was going to, uh, he was going to Tennessee because you can't, because he doesn't want to go to the Peach Bowl every year. I can't think of his name, but it was from Tucker.
1: I know who you're referring to, and that is wrong. It is? Okay. You're, you're referring to Jabari Davis. Jabari
0: Davis. No, it's not Jabari Davison. Um I have no idea. It's just trivia. Yeah, I have no idea.
1: Travis Stevens. Oh, okay. Number 34. Wow. For Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I just remembered that was the first time in many, many times where um, short kickoffs did not help us because we scored to go ahead. We sh- kicked off short and they drove down in like five plays and scored a touchdown. And then they
1: squibbed it to Damian Gary. And then
0: they squibbed it to Damian Gary, right? Yeah. So. And it was
1: like Damian Gary, Randy McMichael, Damian Gary, and yeah. Braun Haynes.
0: Right. That's yeah. right.
1: So. All right. So that is the end of our uh, two questions, which turned into like eight or nine, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, and now we're going to get into our picks and we're going to try to hurry this up because I'm leaving in like, like four hours, like yeah, 10 hours. And I've got to edit this podcast. And so we got to, I told Tony like 30 minutes, we're already at 45 minutes, but anyway, so we're going to get into the picks for the fun office pools, pick'em contest. And if you have not entered, you should, uh, make sure you update your picks. You I have think
0: plenty I'm, of time to catch me.
1: Yeah. I think I'm ranked like 81.
0: I'm below that.
1: Okay, cool. Well, at least I'm ahead of you. So we are going to start with, uh, the game on Friday, which, Gus Johnson might be calling. No, it's on ESPN. If it were on Fox, Gus Johnson might call it. This is a really great matchup, and I'm so glad it's on Friday because it won't get lost in the shuffle of all the Saturday night games. Stanford, number seven Stanford at number 10 Washington.
0: I think Stanford blows them out of the water. Really? I mean, Washington's been good, but Stanford's tested. They played real is competition. Is Washington a paper tiger? Uh, they are a paper husky.
1: Paper husky. They have a beautiful stadium, though.
0: Yes, uh, but they're the summer.
1: All right, I'm going to go with Stanford as well because Christian McCaffrey, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, Coach Rick at Paul Johnson on Saturday. That should be interesting. Coach Rick owns him. I don't know how you would pick against him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take Miami. Take the points.
1: Are we going to say anything nice about Coach Rick?
0: Sure, he has great hair.
1: Does he still have his goatee?
0: No, he shaved it. Dang it! I told you it's a, it's a preseason thing only.
1: I know. I know. All right, so uh, Texas hoping to not fall into oblivion like they usually do is uh, at Oklahoma state, Oki state's favored by about three.
0: Yeah. That's a weird line. I mean, Texas, they lost a cow last week in one of those slug fest shoot fest games, you know, uh, Oklahoma state is just like bad. They're what, two and two. And, I gotta take Texas.
1: Well, they they blew out Southeast Louisiana, which they should. They lost to Central Michigan. They barely beat Pittsburgh, right? And they lost by eleven to Baylor.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Jim grove Baylor, not Art Bros Baylor. Yeah, but
0: they're they're still the same Baylor, uh. but Texas is Texas offense is a lot more like Baylor's than say Central Michigan's.
1: So you're going with the Longhorns? Yep, I am too. All right, La Monroe, La Monroe, La Monroe, Louisiana Monroe. That used to be Northeast Louisiana. Okay, and they used to be called the Indians, but they're, now they're not anymore. The Warhawks, I think. Sure, uh, they are at oh, Auburn. Jordan, I mean, 33 and a half. a half—that seems really high. And we're yes. not picking point spreads. That's made money. That I mean, if if you were betting, if you're in Las Vegas, if you're like I'm going to Florida tomorrow, if you're going to Las Vegas tomorrow, take I don't know a couple hundred bucks. Five dollars. Five dollars. Yes. Yeah, we're not we're not giving or or a couple hundred bucks, and put it on La Monroe.
0: When you do it. Yeah, yeah. Put them my row. Yeah. yeah. And we do it say, I got bees up! <laughs> Cause you're a lot up! Because you're one money.
1: So uh, what do you think?
0: Oh, Auburn's, Auburn's going to win. going to win the game.
1: On their field goal kicker?
0: Yes. They okay. might score 14 field goals.
1: Yeah, for a second there, I forgot. We were just picking straight up, and I thought we were picking against the spread. Uh, the Larry Fedoras are going to Jimbo Fisher, and uh, you kind of wish he would wear a fedora because his hair is mm, struggling. Yeah. Florida State. Really, you don't want to get into that one? No. You can see it. Florida State, you don't no. think Trubisky and no. Switzer no. and Ricky Prohl's son? No. Okay.
0: No, Florida State's going to handle them.
1: All right, I'm going to go with Florida State as well. Uh, Wisconsin at Michigan. Wow, eight versus four is Wisconsin a paper tiger? Yeah,
0: you know, th- this is a tough one. A real tough one. That's a, a ten and a half point Seems like a really huge line. That is a you know Michigan woo. Michigan line and um,
1: they barely beat Georgia State Wisconsin
0: yeah but they also you know they was had, that
1: their Nichols moment
0: it might have been I, I'm picking Wisconsin I'm not real proud of it and I, I reserve the right to change my mind
1: is that a low confidence pick
0: it's a very low confidence pick uh, and, and, and the reason is, is I just don't think they have I think I think Michigan's run artificially high I think they're going to come in there and, and feel like they're just going to roundhouse them and um, yeah I'm picking I'm picking Wisconsin.
1: I'm going to go with Harbaugh as well. Oh, you said Wisconsin. I said Wisconsin. I'm picking wow. Wisconsin. Okay, I'm going to go with Harbaugh as well. No, not as well. I'm going to go with Harbaugh.
0: I may I may change this shape. Yeah, you but... can
1: change. it. You probably will. All right, now <laughs> we are into basically SEC games except one, and we'll get to that one. Uh Texas A&M surprisingly at 4-0. Is it disappointing South Carolina? AM's favored by two touchdowns and a field goal and a half point. That's not enough.
0: <laughs> AM's going to win this game big.
1: I agree. AM's going to win big, and I feel bad for them having to travel to Columbia. Mark Stoops goes to Alabama. I mean, really? I mean, should they even show up?
0: Alabama. Yeah, this is a don't play that game. Yeah. So there it's going to be.
1: It's going to get ugly. Yeah. Alabama's favored by almost five touchdowns. Is that enough? That's not enough. That's not enough. No, I think. Yeah, Alabama's that's probably
0: gonna... enough, but that's still not enough.
1: So you think Kentucky will cover? No. No? Okay. All right, I'm going to go with Alabama as well. Florida at Vanderbilt. This game always happens after the Tennessee game, and Florida usually is coming off of a big victory and then just puts Vanderbilt to rest. What's going to happen this week? Because you've been high on Vanderbilt in their defense. You think they'll be a hangover? I'm not Van- high
0: on them anymore, no. no. Florida's going to house them. I mean, I hope Vanderbilt wins, but I just can't pick them.
1: You know, Florida's got the schedule now that Georgia used to have where they'd have to go to Tennessee back to back weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's huh. interesting. Memphis at Mississippi. Is there any stopping Mississippi from here on?
0: I don't think they beat Memphis in like five years, but I'm just, I can't, after what I saw last week, I can't pick anybody, anything but Ole Miss.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. And if you're betting in Vegas, that line is 14 and a half. It might be worth taking the points. Take a flyer mizzou at lsu that should be interesting
0: in what is always seems to be the craziest thing if ever uh lsu is going to win this game by scoring 40 points
1: right and they're was, gonna win 40 35 everybody's gonna be looking around going like what just happened? <laughs> where,
0: where the hell has this been right yeah i agree i mean even jamarcus russell's might get a touchdown
1: jamarcus russell yeah the fighting bobby petrinos and his motorcycles roll into Dabo swinney swinney is it swinney or sweeney
0: Ah, uh, yeah it's one of those and
1: Ellis and and Clemson's, you know the the last time game day was in Clemson, when it was raining. It was last year. Yeah, the same day, day as uh, Alabama yeah. game. They were sitting there touting the tradition of the buses ra- ra- rounding the stadium. I don't uh, get that. What's the it's, deal?
0: It's they they had air to fill.
1: And how does um how does nobody ever twist an ankle running down that hill?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Have you or ever been? Have you ever been there? Have you yeah. ever? I mean, you've been down the hill uh, to the rock. No, I've run down rock. the hill. Um. I've it, been to the stadium. Yeah, I've been to a game. Usually, to you could go and to touch the rock. You go go touch Howard's rock, and it is, it's pretty steep. Yeah. Um, I don't know how people don't fall all the time and break stuff.
1: If if it was Eastern Michigan, they would fall down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love your devotion to making fun of Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah.
1: Google Eastern Michigan. So trying to slam down a wall. I don't
0: know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial here. Um, I know Louisville's a great. I know they have done all these things in the world. I'm picking Clemson.
1: Oh, I'm picking Clemson as well. I mean, I I pick against Jim Mora and Bobby Petrino any chance I get. Yeah, Jim Mora Jr. I don't have a I don't have a problem with Jim Mora. Yeah, the older.
0: Yeah, why why do you hate Jim Mora? Yeah, so right. I I have to pick Clemson.
1: I do too. Um,
0: and it's going to be a barn burner. That's probably be the best game of the day of the day. Well, it's going to be a great. That's game. good
1: because it's at uh, what eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So that leads us to four and oh Number 11 ranked Tennessee, and yes, Butch Jones does like to call timeouts really late in the game. That's why he saves them. Rolling into Sanford Stadium, my boys were incredulous. The fact that we're ranked 25th and Boise State is ranked 24th, because they said, who have they played? I think I'm raising them right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Come up, I mean, Hi. I was like, I can that. with that. I, was like, I can live with that. Yeah, I was like, if they flip-flop spots, I'm not gonna have a problem with that. So yeah, what do you think? Georgia is a three and a half point underdog. What do you think? You. want me to mean. Yeah. To go? You
0: go first. Because I'm. I'm just. Ugh.
1: Here. Here's the thing. I don't think I've ever picked against Georgia. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm a Homer. Yeah. I'm a complete optimist. I'm always glass half full in life and in sports until they give me a reason not to believe them. I still think the Braves are going to do well next year. I, I'm. I'm bullish on the Falcons after watching the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, Which was
0: actually very good.
1: You know. I, I think the Hawks will do well just because they're not in the Western Conference. Yeah. You know. So that's how I look at. My teams that I root for Coming down to this game I remembered how We were up 24-3 to In the first quarter And then there was a Fourth and eight mm-hmm. And Josh Dobbs completed it And mm-hmm. then it's like The levy broke mm-hmm. Right after That's that. what I was talking about earlier Yeah
0: That's exactly the same thing I was talking about earlier I yeah. didn't even think about last year's game Yeah But that's right
1: Yeah And then And, and then they, scored was,
0: like, they scored like They scored 17 points or
1: They scored twice Before the half Yeah was it's was like like three three minutes, It was almost like Three minutes Yes Ole Miss. Yes That's right so, you know, with that in mind and then seeing them last week and seeing how Georgia struggled, you know, we hired Kirby for a reason. The thing is the press, the national press, the local press, the fans have been poor-mouthing our team, you know, pulling out these stats, how the 2013 class decimated us. And it did, you that's, know. It's uh, not an invalid it's, argument. It's not an invalid argument.
0: You cannot like it, but it's not invalid.
1: It, that's right. And so there's there's been all this press and talk about how Georgia's just – no longer any good, although complete opposite to how they were talking about him after the UNC win at the Dome, mm-hmm. like how this is so great. So I think that Kirby is going to confidently rally his troops like he has. He's been very calm this week, very positive. He was even positive at the post game of the Ole Miss game. And I think he's going to have them with a quiet confidence. There's not going to be that much pomp and circumstance for them, from dog walk to running in, but they're going to surgically take apart Tennessee. It's going to be a long, nerve-wracking, nail-biting game, back and forth. We're going to be wondering how are we in this thing, and then it's going to be settled within about with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And all we're going to have to do is get a couple first downs to seal the win. Kind of like how when we beat them in two thousand, and you could see people being held back by the ushers wanting to tear down the goalposts. We're not going to tear down goalposts, but it's going to be that type of thing where it's going to be settled minutes away from the game ending and you're just going to be waiting for the final bell to hit and you're going to be saying, thank God you <laughs> right. pulled that out.
0: So you're picking uh, Georgia.
1: Yes, so I'm picking Georgia.
0: I, I I can't argue with that vision of how the game is going to go. Um, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a game where both teams don't look particularly great. We, we struggle at times. Both teams go through stretches where it looks like they just like can't do anything, offensively, um, and then there's going to be times where both teams really get to uh, exploit defenses that are exploitable. Um, there, there are two things, and and this will kind of this will uh, this will highlight where I'm where I'm leaning right now. Uh, the first is our, our place kicking. Uh, if this game comes down to field goals, we're in trouble. Uh, the second is that. If we give Tennessee entire too many turnovers, uh, whether we give the ball away or simply give away first downs because we dropped the football, we're in trouble. Because this is a Tennessee team that is built; they're built, they build on surges, just like they did last year against us, like they did against um, Florida, uh, like they did against Virginia Tech. So, the longer we can hold off whatever surge might be coming, the better I like our chances. Um, it's hard for me to envision us having everything together to the point. I think we play better this week. I really think we play better than we played last week. First off, we're not playing as good an opponent. We're not playing as good a quarterback. We're not playing as good a receivers. That doesn't mean that Tennessee doesn't have good quarterback and doesn't have good receivers, but they're not They're not Chad Kelly and they're not the receivers Ole Miss has. Also, I think Tennessee's coming off of a game where they really powered it against a team they haven't beaten in a long time, and that's going to lead into them being a little down and have a little swagger in a way that they ought not to have. Again, I keep coming back to special teams play, particularly field goal kicking, to a lesser extent or punt coverage. I think Tennessee wins this game, but I don't feel as comfortable about Tennessee winning this game as I did last week about Ole Miss winning the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, again, I think it's a valid point. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm picking Tennessee to win the game in our our pool. Um, and I'm going to be spectacularly excited if, if Georgia wins, but I don't feel as bad about this game as I did against, as I did about Ole Miss because I've, I, I, the, the Ole Miss game going in and it it happened exactly like I thought. right? Right. Um, but I said we had to do certain things perfect to win. I don't think we have to do certain things perfect to beat Tennessee. I think we can get away with not still not being perfect competently, uh, I mean, technically, and beat Tennessee. Um, I just don't think we're quite going to be there.
1: So, with Tony's prediction and the loss column added to my prediction of a close win, and then Vegas thinking that Tennessee's only a three and a half point favorite, CBS should be in for a Oh, good game on Saturday. Yeah, I
0: think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be what we saw in in, in Oxford at all. So Although um, I
1: take a what 2013 LSU game oh, like here where we just oh my God. came out and dominated. I might
0: I might just I might mail Western Union I, I I might Western Union check to the babysitter and say just keep them all night. <laughs> That's right. Be done with it. That's right. That'd so. be a good call. Well, once again, y'all've wasted another hour with us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Thank you very for much. Listening. Yeah, we um, really appreciate it. And Scott, have fun in at Florida. I I get I, it. I get it. And yeah. you know, you got to do what you have to do. But uh, y'all have fun down there, and we'll be. I'll
1: be watching it at the Red Bar in Santa and, Rosa Beach. So if, hey, if anybody's down there listening in North uh, what what Northwest Florida, stop by the Red Bar at three thirty. You'll see me.
0: It's got to be the loud one with a beard and a bro haircut. What's this? I don't know what this haircut's called.
1: Oh me. Yeah. What have a haircut? Yeah, yeah, I got a haircut. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's like that. The side side fade, side place. fade. The soccer player. Haircut. Yeah, he
0: looks like Lionel Messi, but not.
1: Yeah, but not, not, not nearly as talented.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, there you have it. All right. Um,
1: I will wait with bated breath to see if Will calls in. If not, I apologize to all of you listening to this podcast just to hear Will's take because uh, he's he's a busy man, <laughs> but he will be on the Sunday. We'll be back Sunday show. afternoon. That's yep. right. So, so until then. Thanks for listening, and I am Scott Duval, and this is Tony Waller, and we both will say "Go dogs,
0: go dogs."
1: Right at an hour,
0: boom, nailed it. So after you after you edited out all my arms, we're like what forty two minutes?
1: <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure to get your college football picks in before Friday night to see if you can beat Tony, Will, and me. Based on the standings thus far, that shouldn't be very hard to do. Good luck to the dogs this weekend, and I will be watching with a cold drink in my hand from Santa Rosa Beach, maybe in the Red Bar, who knows. Also, check us out on Twitter if you like. The show can be found at WSLS Podcast. Tony Waller's handle is the ever-so-popular at WSLS. Tyler Dogden, that's D A W G D E N. Will Leach can be tracked down at William F. Leach, and as for myself, you can search Jawavi Films, that's J A W A V I Films. Georgia versus Tennessee at three thirty on CBS with Vern and Gary should be a fun one to watch. We will see you. Well, no, Tony and Will, will see you on campus. I'll be back for Vanderbilt. <laughs> be safe, have fun, and go dogs.